Hello, hello. This is episode 274, and we are doing a rapid fire Q&A today. So I legit have no idea what we are going to be chatting about. I'm really excited to just pump through a lot of questions and answer as many as I can. Um, Before we get started with all of that, a couple of things I got to share with you. The first is that, holy moly, our six-week keto weight loss program is full. I shared it in last month's, or rather last week's episode. Um, It's full, but if you are just getting this message now or you wish that you would have joined up, you can still go to healthfulpursuit.com slash six week. That's the number six and then week to get in on the wait list. I'm thinking I'm going to be running the program again. I'm not entirely sure when or how or what or why, but enough, if enough people sign up on that wait list, we will do it again. We're having fun. We are on our second week already. I can't believe it. And I just feel so, so incredibly thankful to be able to work with some of you. So Another thing I have to share with you is that I have books. I've been getting a lot of questions about like, where do I go for information? How do I connect with you? I think a lot of people don't know that I have a couple of books, three actually, The Keto Diet, The Keto Diet Cookbook, and Keto for Women. These are all paperback books. You can find them wherever books are sold. You can also go to ketodietbook.com to find out more information. And if you have questions about today's content or you're unsure of something, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Also, we are gearing up for 2021. Yes, I can't wait for this new podcast schedule. If there are certain keto humans, which you would like to see on the show or doctors or just anybody who you'd like to learn from, I love reaching out to new people and asking them if they'll come on the show. So I would love to hear from you. You can fill out the form at healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and let me know who you'd like to see on the show and I will try to make it happen. Also, you can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. And if you're looking for the show notes and you're like, I don't understand, look on the app that you're playing this episode. So if you're unsure how to find the show notes, this is where I include a lot of the links and resources that I'm sharing in today's episode, which I have a feeling in Q&A episodes, I end up resourcing out to a bunch of different places. If you're unsure of where to find the show notes in the app that you're using to listen to this, simply Google the app you're using show notes, and it'll show you how to find these notes. If you're listening on YouTube, it's right down below and other resources, it's pretty clear, but there are some where it is very not clear. And if you just can't figure it out, ketodietpodcast.com, look for episode 274 and everything will be there. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. First question is from Victoria. Now these questions are all submitted on Instagram. Um, So if you want to contribute to an upcoming Q&A episode, in addition to being able to contact me via email, you can also follow me at Leanne Vogel. And I will be campaigning a couple of you and asking you what questions you have. Okay, so Victoria asks, do I really need a collagen supplement if I'm eating mostly protein? Well, Victoria, no, I find that protein powder is really convenient. 
and helps us hit our protein goals for sure. Also, it's rich in glycine, which can help the gut, helps with mood also. It's not required. In fact, if I had to decide between having collagen or bone broth, I would choose the bone broth every time. However, it's just harder to add bone broth to your diet. Sometimes I'll make smoothies with it and I'll cook with it, but I just find like adding in collagen is so much easier. And if you have a goal of supporting your gut, it can be especially helpful. But no, you don't have to have a collagen supplement. It's not required, but it is a nice to have as something to fill the gap. And I find, you know, when I'm working one-on-one with clients, I feel like every single one of my clients are on collagen because it's just so much easier to add protein. And I found, especially recently over the last about year since I finished Keto for Women, Uh, in 2019, and that book launched about a year and a half ago, um, I've just found that a lot of women eat severely low protein and even moderate protein on their ketogenic diet, and they're actually burning through a lot of their muscle. And so it's helpful if you have a higher protein goal, um, it's just easier to hit your protein requirement if you have collagen in your life, but it's definitely not required. Okay. Next question is from Anna Nicole. How long do you keep your carbs as low as possible before doing carb ups? This is a great question, Anna, and something that I'm really delving into in the six week program, because when you do a carb up really depends on where you're at in your cycle. But generally speaking, if you're very, very new to the ketogenic diet and you don't want to get into cycle tracking and all that stuff, which sounds kind of complicated, but really isn't, a good rule of thumb is 30 days. And this can differ between people. If you are pretty metabolically healthy, it could be a couple of weeks. You get into ketosis, you get the fat burning going, you're feeling pretty good and you have a carb up and it's no big deal. Now, if you're more metabolically challenged, which is totally okay, I think the number is 92% of all of Americans are, so it's totally fine. It may take you longer to get into a ketogenic state, but you have to understand why you're doing carb ups. And for any of those who aren't familiar, I will include a link in the show notes today on what a carb up is, how to do it, what to look for. In fact, I have a great uh, resource from the Keto Diet, my first paperback book on carb up food lists and how to prepare your carb ups. Um, so this is a good uh, resource for you also. And if you're wanting to do carb ups, but you don't want to go all at it and have like pancakes and cupcakes, which is not the type of carbing up I recommend on a ketogenic diet, it can be a really good resource of, you know, how do I add a peach into my ketogenic diet and how do I do this and when do I do it? So I'll include that in the show notes also. It's just a little download and by little, I think it's like 50 pages. So it'll keep you busy. Also, you want to understand, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but why you're doing carb ups. If it's for hormones, it's going to be a different protocol than if you're just wanting to reset your metabolism. Some recommend that you start with carb ups right away. Like if you have a thyroid imbalance, whereas sometimes we want to wait a couple of months. If weight loss is your goal and you have really high hormones, sometimes you can wait that long before you do a carb up. So it really depends. But generally speaking, if you have no imbalances and you're pretty good and you just want to eat keto, and you think carb ups would be good, 30 days is a really good place to start. Okay, next question is from Serendipity 1967. My hubby is getting joint pain after being keto for almost a month. Is this normal? I have not heard of this ever, actually. My initial reaction has something to do with allergens. So if if your husband is eating a lot of eggs or cheese, perhaps nuts, 
Maybe he is eating more tomatoes or peppers, um, which are nightshades. It can cause some pain. Those would be my initial reactions. But the ketogenic diet overall is very um, low inflammatory. However, if you're doing like a dirty keto um, situation, then it could be that the ingredients that he's eating, those foods that he's eating is actually causing inflammation. It really gets down to the quality of food. Additionally, when we talk about food quality, we can't skip talking about meat quality. And so if you are eating a ton of protein, especially if you're more on the carnivore side, if you're doing like really high protein, uh, a really high protein ketogenic diet, I would consider that anything over like 30% of your overall macros, then you really, really want to look at your food quality, specifically with your meat quality. The quality of the fats in your meats is a really big deal that can cause joint pain. Um, I always recommend that people go for grass-fed, grass-finished beef at least, and then at minimum pasture-raised chicken just to avoid some of the nasty gunk in there that can cause some of the joint pain. So I hope that was helpful, serendipity. Okay, next question. I don't know what functional testing is. Uh, Keto Cancer Queen, what do you think about functional testing? Have you done it? Would you recommend it? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. If somebody knows what this is, I tried to Google it um, earlier because I saw it come in a couple of days ago when I asked this question and I could not find any information about it. And it could just be like, I know about it, but it's called something different. So definitely let me know because I would love to answer that question in future episodes. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice, free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to high-quality protein sources less expensive and more available to all. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher-quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox since 2017 and love Love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it. Their ground sausage is a dream. It's my personal favorite. Head on over to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to build a bundle that fits you and your family and start eating high quality meat without all the hassle of searching high and low for the good stuff. Okay. Next question is from the Mama Fitness. I would love to do keto with you, but every time I try, I have gallbladder attacks. Do you have any recommendations? Okay, a ton of recommendations, actually. So first off, we need to support the gallbladder. How do we do this? Well, fermented foods help immensely. And when I say fermented foods, I mean kombucha, water kefir. There are some great companies coming out now, guys, that have like the best, cleanest, most beautiful water kefir. And why I prefer water kefir over kombucha is that the strains are different. The yeast isn't as high and um, the effervescence is different. And also it doesn't have caffeine. So for those that have uh, concerns over cortisol or anything like that, you don't have to worry. And usually they're less sugar. So going for something like a water kefir, perhaps a kombucha, any of the sauerkrauts or real pickles, like the Bubby's pickles is going to be great. And drink the juice. The juice in Bubby's specifically, I love this brand. Oh my gosh. I wish they would sponsor the podcast. Maybe one day in a dream. But you can drink the juice and the juice in Bubby's is water and it's fermented all with those delicious things that help your gallbladder. We want to support your gallbladder with these fermented foods. Um, Beet, kvass, kvass is also 
really good. You can just do a Google search and see how to make it yourself. I don't know if you can buy it. Uh, Farmhouse Culture makes a product called Gut Shot. I believe that's what it's called. I will include a link in the show notes to that. I know you can buy it like a case of it. And they're just shots that you can take that can help with the gallbladder. So the gallbladder is where the bile is stored and the liver is creating this bile that then stores in the gallbladder. So supporting the creation of bile and support. Now, you could also test your liver. Um, Two tests that I always like to look at and how they work together is AST and ALT. And you could look at any of your past blood work and kind of see where that is at. Because if that is elevated or a little bit funky, it could be that your liver needs some support. Yeah. And so then you really want to go slow into keto, right? So if you know that your gallbladder is a little bit slow to get going, you know, start at Okay, 20% fat, 30% fat, 40% fat, 50% fat, maybe stay at 50% for like a couple of weeks. Okay, and then 60% fat, maybe stay at 60% fat for a couple of weeks, maybe even months. Maybe that's where you stay and just slowly but surely. Also, you're not going to want to do like bombs of fat. (laughs) You know, the cool kids call it a fat bomb. (laughs) And so you don't really want to go hard at it with the fat. I would recommend doing balanced meals at every go, okay? So you're not gonna pound the fat with a rocket fuel latte or anything like that. Just keep it keep it balanced, keep it simple, and keep those macros balanced so that your gallbladder doesn't get all out of whack. Okay, next question is from Jack Wesk. Hope I said your, your Insta handle right. Help, my hair is falling out, will it stop? Am I lacking something to prevent this? Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple of, there are a couple of thoughts on why hair falls out on keto. Now, some people will say that it's just what happens. It'll grow back. I know that in my first six months of eating keto, when I was like hardcore eating keto and my hair started falling out, I was not going to tempt fate and see what would happen after a year of eating keto. And that's when I started with carb ups and that really helped my hair loss stopped after about a month or two months. Cause it just takes time. Looking back, I know that I was forcing myself to fast when I shouldn't have fasted. Okay. So be really conscious if you are fasting every day or you're doing long-term fasts, like eight or fasts, <laughs> fasts, I find Wearing Invisalign, just a total side note, it's been great and my teeth are looking so much better and my jaw is functioning so much better. There are just some words that are so challenging for me to say and I'm so looking forward to having my real teeth back. However, where was I going with this? Okay, it's check how often you're fasting. If you're fasting between 12 to 18 hours every other day, that's totally fine. But 18 plus hours all the time or doing 24, 48, 36, these sorts of fasts where you're going really, really hard at it often, like very often can sometimes cause us to lose our hair. This can also cause us to imbalance our thyroid. And so it's really, really important as women. And again, this is what our six week uh, keto weight loss program is all about. Again, I'll include that link in the show notes, healthfulpursuit.com slash six week. I'm going through a class right now with all of them, with all our students, rather it will end mid November. And I think I would really like to host it again because it really combines how to support our hormones, balance our glucose and lose the weight. And I find so many women are struggling through keto and hair falling out and all these things. And we're just not approaching it correctly. And as new science comes out, it's really important that we 
understand how to adapt that into our ketogenic diet. And especially in 2020, moving into 2021, metabolic health and understanding your bio individuality is going to get more and more and more popular. So Jackie-esque, um, I would say definitely look at your fasting and see if you're pushing yourself to fast, maybe try like three times a week instead of five. Or if you're doing seven, go down to like four and just take it a little bit easier and see how you can boost uh, your nutrients on a day-to-day basis. Okay, next question um, is from The Real Sherry. Have you ever heard of dark chocolate causing either anxiety or bad gas? Yes, not necessarily bad gas. Um, There could be ingredients in the chocolate that could cause the gas, but specifically chocolate, no. However, anxiety, yes, it does stimulate your adrenals. And if you have, if you're really sensitive even to coffee, sometimes people can react to chocolate. Also, um, you can be allergic to chocolate and an allergy or rather a, a food sensitivity can show up as anxiety or bad gas. So I could be sorry that you are sensitive to chocolate. I'm sorry. I am too. Every time I have chocolate, I get acne on my neck and I've started eating chocolate again because I got an order of perfect keto, uh, keto bars, oh, that chocolate chip cookie dough, man. I just I can't get enough of it. It's like a real problem, but also not a problem at all. And anytime I have anything chocolate, I get acne down my neck specifically. And it's just, it's so bad, but I make a choice. And so it's very, very, very possible that you could be sensitive to chocolate. I'm sorry. Okay. Next question. Also from the real Sherry, she really took advantage of this opportunity. So wig, wig, way to go, girl. Are you going to do any Insta lives? I'm probably not going to right now. I am really busy supporting my one-on-one clients through their ketogenic journeys and the six-week keto weight loss and also trying to really, really, really maintain balance as I get back into the swing of things after taking about a year and two months-ish off from really delving into the keto space. So I'm trying to balance everything and I just find, you know, this time last year, like this time two years ago, I was everywhere doing everything 100% and I've just realized like I can't do that and also have like a happy, balanced life and a good relationship with my husband (laughs) to like you know, sleep and, um, really delve deep into my faith. So I will not be doing Insta lives right now. I don't have any plans on it, but I will definitely, when I do have time or if I do have time, I love doing lives. I just find it's really hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time. And the lives are kind of all, all over the place. I do really like IGTV. I feel like I'm too old to understand how reels works. Like I just, I don't have that creativeness when it comes to video to like make something awesome like that. I just, the whole TikTok thing, I just don't understand it. (laughs) So I don't think you'll see me on reels, but where you will see me, what I've really gotten back into is YouTube. So if you just search for Leanne Vogel or Healthful Pursuit on YouTube, you'll find me and I've started posting uh, weekly videos there as well. And, and this is very exciting. Starting around episode 280 or 282, so about this time next month, we're going to start doing podcast videos on YouTube. So 
all of our interview-based episodes are going to be on YouTube, which I'm really, really excited about. And they're not just YouTube audio. It's YouTube video. It's me. I'm recording in my bedroom because that's all I have access to right now. And the guest and our videos on, and we're just having a lot of fun. It's unedited, un- uninterrupted like raw and to the point because I don't have an editor. So I'm just pulling stuff together. But I really wanted to offer to this to all of you. A couple of my favorite podcasts are on YouTube as well. And it's just nice, you know, if I have the time um, or I want to pull up a video because I really like a guest that they're having on, it's just a nice option. So you'll see me on there. And again, you can just go on YouTube and search for Leanne Vogel or Healthful Pursuit. I'll also include a link in the show notes for my YouTube channel so you can subscribe. Another question from Sherry, how do you feel about the term fell off the wagon? (laughs) Um, What wagon? Did I miss the memo? Yeah, I think when we start to think of our diet as being a wagon that we can either be on or fall off of, it just denotes this like, negative and positive trait, this good or bad activity. And I see it more of just, you know, you respect your body, you do the best you can. And as you learn new things, you adjust, that's life. And if you look back five years, you're like, oh, what were you thinking? How did you not know this? But you can't possibly know. So you just make the best decisions. I think it really comes down to conscious choices. And that's really why I do the work that I do to educate women specifically on the ketogenic diet who are interested in helping their bodies and understanding their bodies and really, really, truly getting why they're doing certain things and empower themselves to adjust what they need. And so this bio-individuality is so, so huge. And that's not something that somebody can ever take away from you. As soon as you learn what works for you and how to listen as it changes and adapts, because it will, our bodies are ever changing just as our lives are that we, um, that we are more empowered to do these things and that we don't have to seek approval or programs or anything that tell us do this step one, step two, step three, here you go. You're welcome. That's all there is. And so when you start to ask questions of your body, you start to empower yourself. And when you're educated, you can start to make conscious choices. Like, do I need to eat this chocolate? (laughs) I know that it's going to give me acne. Do I want to make that choice? As opposed to not knowing at all what's happening, why joint pain is happening, anything. You just completely oblivious to what's occurring. And that's when we start to get feel, start to feel really frustrated. Uh, I'm sure everyone can relate to that of just like, my body's not working with me. What's happening? And that's always really the catalyst. It's like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. I need to start understanding what this body thing is so that I can like take care of it so I can do other things. And and that's really where I like to focus. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. What do you eat that isn't keto? (laughs) Okay, so let's break down keto versus non-keto foods quick. So of course, there are foods that are going to encourage you into the metabolic state of keto more than other foods, especially when you're first getting started. When I came to keto in 2014, I was pretty metabolically broken. I had been abusing carbohydrates for what was that, 26 years at that point, maybe 28. I don't even remember how old I am ever. I'm so bad with this. (laughs) Um, And so when I came to keto, there was 
a strict list of foods that I could eat that would get me into ketosis versus when I ate other foods, I would get jump, I would jump right back out of it. Um, so now fast forward six years and I have beans in my ketogenic diet and they actually don't do anything. I have potatoes in my ketogenic diet. They barely do anything whereas sweet potatoes annihilate me. And so it's really important that we understand that keto is a metabolic state. The metabolic state of ketosis changes as our body adapts more and more to fat. And so I think the thing that gets me out of ketosis, but I still choose to eat because I really love it, is uh, Revolution Gelato. That stuff is like heaven. It's heaven. Like it's, it's so good. It's cashew and cane sugar, and I'm pretty sure that's it. And it is like the best ice cream. It doesn't have any of that pea protein gunk that's so delicious, thinks is good to add to ice cream. There's no funky ingredients. They have six flavors. Um, They're all good. I, I don't love the mango one. It's not my favorite, but the chocolate is like ridiculous. The vanilla is ridiculous. There's a lot of sugar in there. Now I can get away with having yogurt that has sugar in it, like a dairy-free yogurt that I really like has sugar in it and it doesn't affect me much as long as I com- I combine it with um, MCT oil, collagen, berries, and um, full-fat coconut milk. And then I can have that. It doesn't affect my ketones at all. However, you know, if you're first starting on the ketogenic diet, you have that and it's like probably not going to be great for you. So I hope that answers your question. Um, but those are like the two things, I guess, that from somebody looking out. Oh, also medjool dates. Uh, medjool dates and almond butter that's and collagen that's like my favorite snack I'll like make a collagen water and then I'll drink I'll drink that along with medjool dates and almond butter and it just doesn't do anything for me or it doesn't do anything to me my glucose is maintained my ketones are maintained it really like it's great and so yeah from an outward perspective like if you looked at my food journal you'd be like um what's going on here? (laughs) But it just doesn't affect me. And so you're probably gonna have foods like that too, as you heal your body and as you become more metabolically efficient. And that's what our whole goal is here, right? Like it's not to just get into ketosis and monitor our ketones. It's like really to heal our body and get into that happy place. Okay, next question. This is fun, right? I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, Next question is from B Whole Nutrition. My periods are really far apart, 35 to 40 day cycles. Does this mean I'm not ovulating? Um, Not, not, maybe. (laughs) The only way to tell that you're ovulating is to track your cycle, to track your cycle, track your temperature, track your discharge, and like really get comfortable with your cycle. I'm going to include a link in the show notes to a book that I use to really understand how I was ovulating. I can't remember the name of the book right off the top of my head, but I'll look for it and I will include it in the show notes today. Um, I started following this book probably well, about five years ago when I got my first period and then I was like my first period after amenorrhea of eight years and I started tracking my cycle and getting really into it. And that's really the only way to tell that you're ovulating. Another way to tell that you're ovulating is to test your estrogen and progesterone. I had a friend a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, we got out of touch um, and she was wonderful. She has, I believe, three kids now um, and she never got a period. (laughs) Um, and she's still ovulated. I I don't even like, I haven't looked into this. It makes no sense to me, but like, so 
there are a lot of things, but the most important thing is to track and understand where you're at. Um, and you can also test your progesterone and estrogen and kind of get a feel as to where you're at hormonally. Okay. There were a ton of questions about IF and keto and eating disorders. Uh, this first one is from Mariana, Marina, Mary. Yeah. Mariana intermittent fasting, keto eating disorders. Does it go well together? Should we intermittent fast if we have an eating disorder or a history of eating disorders? So here's the thing. I've been diagnosed with three separate eating disorders at three different parts of my life at times of my life. And it's challenging. Looking back now, should I have started eating keto when I still had bulimia? Probably not. Should I have been following any diet? No, I don't think so. But it was really important for me to educate myself. And thankfully, with a combination of a whole bunch of things, I have um, successfully not had an eating disorder for the past three years since 2017. And I celebrate that often. It's a huge, huge deal. And now as I'm recovered, and still very much you know, I, I would say that it's about 99% gone. I rarely think about it. I maybe once a year have a little thought about it, um, but I don't think that I would act on it. Um, even now, I do check in with myself as I'm intermittent fasting and just like check in myself. Um, but I can do that because I'm pretty much fully recovered at three years. I feel like 99% I'm pretty good. Um, so now I'm able to check myself. If I rewind back five years, I couldn't check myself. I was sick. I couldn't, I couldn't see outside of the bubble that was the eating disorder. And if you had an eating disorder, maybe you can relate to that of like, everything's just really foggy and you don't have like a logic part that's like, mm, I think what we're doing isn't so healthy. It's like when you're really sick, you're not thinking that way. It's just not an option for you. And so if that's you and you're still a little bit blurry on um, who you are, who the eating disorder is, and really understanding it, I would say that keto, intermittent fasting, all of that is no no good. Like, no, not at all. Eating disorder, the, the ones that I had were anorexia, bulimia, and orthorexia. So a, a big gamut of collection of of stuff. And I wouldn't recommend that anyone be on any diet uh, at all or eating style at all when they're overcoming an eating disorder. The most important step is really understanding what your body needs and starting to listen. And then it really comes to proper education. For me, when I was in the thralls of uh, anorexia, I studied holistic nutrition. And this was in 2007. I was really, really sick. At that time, I had anorexia and bulimia kind of like interchanged. Um, I would not eat for days. And then when I did eat, I would binge and purge. And that was kind of the cycle all through learning about nutrition. And by learning about food and learning about my body, I quickly realized that what I was doing wasn't serving me. And that was the turning point of like, wait, I'm starting to get that voice where now I know that not eating for these longer periods of time and not eating proper food. And when I do eat, throwing up my food, that's not going to help the situation. And it's not going to help me live a long life or the life that I really want for myself. And so I wouldn't recommend at any point that somebody that has an eating disorder do intermittent fasting until they um, don't have an eating disorder anymore. Um, so that would be my recommendation just based on my experience with an eating disorder with multiple, I guess, eating disorders. Okay, uh, next question. 
is um, moving into summer in the Southern Hemisphere. I already want all the fruits. Help! Oh my gosh, I can relate to this 100%. Um, as we are nearing fall, I'm like, whoa, I was actually eating so much fruit this summer. Yeah, carb ups. I will include, like I said, I'll include a link in the show notes for carb up practices, how to prepare them. There's nothing wrong with having carbs on keto. We are we are becoming more and more metabolically flexible and this is a good thing, but how do we time them properly and all the things and not overdo it is important. We also want that balance. There are a lot of fruits that are actually really awesome and having them, you know, not like breakfast, lunch or, or dinner or having them before bed every night or whatever time having a big bowl of what I used to do when I was vegan before getting into keto. I used to make like a big fruit salad, like a big salad bowl of fruit salad. And then I would put hemp seeds on it and I would drizzle it with honey. And I would just eat that every day after yoga around 11 AM. And then I'd be starving all day eating treats and things and then wonder why I never felt good. Yikes, right? Hindsight is always 2020. So not that hardcore, but like putting a peach on a salad or strawberries in a smoothie or whatever, this is totally fine. And it totally has a place in your ketogenic diet once you've maintained your ketogenic state, switched over to fat burning, and then you should be able to jump back and forth and back and forth. You know what I love more than anything in the entire world is helping people. And when I meet a complete stranger and they're telling me about symptoms that they're having or symptoms that their dog is having or their loved one, oftentimes the first thing that comes into my head is, you should try CBD oil. And I'm in fact sitting in my car right now. I just drove an hour and a half to a friend's place to drop off a bottle of Eaton Hemp CBD oil. Their dog's having a really difficult time with an inflammatory condition. Nobody knows what it is. And I just thought again, you need to try CBD oil. Now CBD oil has massively reduced my symptoms of anxiety, but CBD oil does so much more including inflammation reduction, improving digestive function, improving sleep quality, reduces acne. But here's what you have to know before you grab a random bottle and start supplementing. Research, research, research your options thoroughly. Look for a CBD oil that uses hemp seed oil as the carrier oil. Now, the hemp seed oil means that the plant has been kept in its purest whole plant form, allowing for the terpenes and cannabinoids to work together in unison in your body to give you the powerful entourage effect that everyone is always raving about when it comes to CBD. Among high-quality CBD options, Eaton Hemp's unfiltered full-spectrum CBD oil is an all-organic choice. Again, all organic choice. They're one of the first unfiltered CBD products to be USDA certified organic. This guarantees what you see is what you get. No toxins, no pesticides, no label trickery. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for CBD, giving you the full entourage effect, maximum absorption, potency, effectiveness, terpenes, cannabinoids, aka results, which is all good things. If you're like supplementing, how do I even do this? Now, I personally take a dropper full a day with my dogs up until both our dogs passed away. Lexi was supplementing with 15 milligrams. She's a 60 pound dog and Pebbles, who is a 10 pound dog, did a dropper to a day. Now with our dog Coconut, who's developed a little bit of inflammation, I've started giving her 10 milligrams a day and she's an 80 pound dog. I personally couldn't even imagine my life without CBD. It extended Lexi's life by three years, giving us so much more time to spend together 
together when vets said it wasn't even possible. I cannot tell you how powerful a supplement this has been for me and my family. Now, I chatted with my friends over at Eaton Hemp and they put together a sweet deal for you. If you go to eatonhempcbd.com slash keto diet, again, that's Eaton, E-A-T-O-N, hemp cbd.com slash keto diet and use a coupon code keto diet. You're going to get 20% off all Eaton hemp CBD products. That includes the salves and all the crazy things you can get into when it comes to CBD. That's 20% off with the code keto diet at eatonhempcbd.com slash keto diet. Okie Next question is from Jordan Christine Fit. Uh, do you know any simple keto bar recipes or have any in your cookbooks? Not really. <laughs> I buy my keto bars. You know, it's interesting. I have become more and more in like, I don't love them. So I'm going to say like with the bulletproof bars. I'm finding the more I focus on my gut health this last year, soluble tapioca fiber. It is not my friend. It is not my friend. I just like it aggravates my gut. And so I really like the Bulletproof bars and the new um, Perfect Keto, their peanut butter and their pumpkin spice limited edition bars uh, don't have soluble tapioca fiber, but they do like the peanuts. I'm anaphylactic too, so I can't comment on the quality of it, but their pumpkin spice uh, limited release bar. I hope it's still available. I guess it will be. They'll have it for the month of October. I'm sure. Um, uses allulose, and I don't. I don't like allulose. I don't really like the taste of it. I far prefer um like monk fruit, and I find with the pumpkin bar that they just released that it has allulose and monk fruit and stevia, but it's like not sweet. And the consistency, though it doesn't have um, the soluble tapioca fiber, doesn't bug my stomach, but I don't like love the consistency. I like the crumbliness. So it's really a preference thing, but like I don't know of any good homemade bar. I've tried it multiple times. I tried to mimic the Primal Kitchen bar, which I really love, but I am quite sensitive to eggs, so I don't try to eat them too much. Um, you'll hear, you know, as I explain how I eat, you'll notice that I don't really enjoy eating the same things over and over that my body doesn't really respond to that well. And so I'll kind of try a little bit of this and try a little bit of that. Um, so I do sometimes have primal kitchen bars and really like those. I tried to make those and it like didn't turn out very well. I don't know of any bar recipes. I usually just buy them because I don't eat bars at home. That's kind of like the cardinal rule, right? Like I'll eat one bar and then I'll be like, oh, I'm still hungry. I could totally eat another one. It's only 400 calories and it has fat. It's totally fine. And then I'm like, oh my God, did I just eat a third bar? <laughs> so I keep the bars for when I'm out and about and I know that I'm just going to need a little something, but I don't make bars to then have at home if that helps. So my three recommended bars... Um, maybe it, no, I think it's three. Yeah. The bulletproof bars. I really like, they are crumbly and the taste isn't great. Like they're not my favorite. That's for sure. But I do really like, I do really like that they don't have, um, the tapioca fiber. And then the next one is perfect keto. So their new pumpkin spice bar 
is good-ish if you like allulose um, and the consistency that allulose provides. Kevin loved this bar. He thought it was great. It is sweetened with allulose and monk fruit and stevia, but it's not sweet like their other bars. It's actually like lacking sweetness. So you really can only eat one, <laughs> which is interesting. And it doesn't have the tapioca and it doesn't have the soluble tapioca fiber. All their other bars, like cinnamon roll, birthday cake, chocolate chip cookie dough, salted caramel, um, lemon poppy seed, almond butter brownie, do have the soluble tapioca fiber, and they are sweetened with a mixture of either stevia, stevia or monk fruit, or just monk fruit. It's kind of all over the place, but they are pretty good. But again, I leave those to when I'm out and about. Otherwise, I will easily eat three. Um, they also have the peanut butter chocolate chip that just launched. But again, I can't comment on the consistency or anything because I'm allergic to peanuts. But instead of using almond butter, they use peanut butter as a base and then they don't have the soluble um, tapioca fiber. They have like crunchy peanuts in there and cacao or cacao chocolate chips. And it's sweetened with stevia, allulose and monk fruit. And then last but not least, the Primal Kitchen Bar, which I really like, and it does not affect uh, my glucose at all. And the ingredients, um, specifically in the macadamia one, um, is pumpkin seeds, uh, collagen, macadamia nuts, prebiotic fiber from cassava root. So I don't know if that's the same as soluble tapioca fiber, but I don't, I don't know. Um, my gut doesn't react awesome to these bars, probably also because they have honey in them, um, coconut flakes, water, natural flavors, coconut oil, hemp seeds, flax seeds, uh, coconut flour, all the tasty things. And it is sweetened with monk fruit. So it's just one sweetener in these. Um, they are higher in carbohydrates. So they are seven grams of net carbs, um, 12 grams overall. I just like it because it has eggs and it's like a different consistency. But I know your question was, uh, do you make any bars? And I'm like, no, I don't. But here are my favorite ones to buy. Oh my gosh. Next question from the same human, Jordan, Christine Fit. How, do you, how does one get perfect keto bars and not eat three to four a day? Girl, when you figure that out, you let me know. Yeah, I just have like a strict rule of like, I don't eat keto bars in the house. And like when the order comes, a guaranteed, I'm going to eat four. Like that is just a guarantee. Now I do find with the pumpkin spice bar that they just released, because it's not as sweet, I just, I couldn't eat more. But I think it's also because I didn't love it as much as the other bars. Like it wasn't as sweet. I didn't love it as much. So I didn't eat more. So maybe it's like a good balance. But like the perfect keto bars aren't great for taking with you. Like if it's going to be in air conditioning or you live in Canada and it's cold. Um, but when I put it in my purse, like in the Caribbean and stuff, it's like a melted gooey mess. And that's why I like the Primal Kitchen bars a little bit more because they don't melt as quickly. But yeah, I don't know how to not eat three to four a day because they're so good. Like so good. <laughs> They're so good. And you know, it's interesting. I jumped on Amazon actually today um, to look at some of the uh, reviews for the various bars, not to do with this episode, but just, I was curious and perfect keto has like really bad reviews on their bars on Amazon. And that just surprises me. I think a lot of people think that they can go from eating like Snickers bars, Mars bars, the protein bars that are totally garbage. I found one today called, called barbell and they sell them at Trader Joe's and it's, oh, 
on the package it's like high protein low sugar we don't use palm oil and like uh oh my gosh you can't find any of the ingredients online um none of their website nothing shares what they put in this bar and that's like a huge red flag and there's soy and sucralose and malitol and like all the things so I think people are used to eating that kind of garbage and then they move over to like a primal kitchen bulletproof perfect keto situation and they think it's going to taste good and like it's just not going to taste good to them like at all. So I just chatted a lot about bars. I'll include some links in the show notes on the bars and where to get them. Mostly I buy the Primal Kitchen stuff on Amazon, Bulletproof, uh, Whole Foods had a sale. So I bought like a ton of them and then Perfect Keto. I have a code. If you go to perfectketo.com slash KDP, you get a pretty sick discount for listening to the podcast. So you can go there as well. Okay. What do you do about low testosterone in women? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Um, boron, supplementing with boron can really help, uh, as can uh, garlic. That can really help eggs. Oysters, oysters is a big one. Oh, smoked oysters. They are my life right now. I just cannot get enough of smoked oysters in my life. Lemons, like a lot of lemons. I had a friend from South Africa last summer that taught me how to eat lemons like fully. And I'm obsessed with just like chowing down on a lemon. I didn't know you could do it. Like I'd never even thought about doing it, but I've been known to now cut up a little lemon and eat an entire slice. And it's just so, so good. And you literally just chew on a lemon. Almonds, did I say eggs already? They're really good. You can also supplement with testosterone if you've been tested. That's something that I did for a little while to get my testosterone up and was really helpful. Also, you can supplement with DHEA. If you've tested low for DHEA, don't just take it. And even if you test low for DHEA, starting off at five milligrams versus like some of the supplements are like 20 milligrams, 50 milligrams. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Also, testosterone is impacted by stress. And I know like everybody says this, like, just don't be stressed and your hormones will be better. I promise you that's actually a thing. It's easier said than done, right? Okay. Uh, Shaw, Shaw Sandy. Shaw Sandy. Uh, Hi there from Aussie. Been doing keto off and on for a year. Now have increased cholesterol. Okay. Cholesterol. Super. Um, cholesterol, total cholesterol literally means very little. <laughs> um, so please don't look at your total cholesterol and think that things are bad. What you need to look at is your HDL cholesterol and your triglycerides. Okay. Those are the two most important things. Doctors will scare you. Nurses will scare, everyone will scare you on your total cholesterol. But there was a study done, I believe in like 1994, that showed that triglycerides and HDL were a far better marker of cardiovascular risk factor. Um, than total cholesterol was because like remember total total cholesterol also pulls together HDL but then they're like healthy and not healthy or good and bad cholesterol and like the total cholesterol is HDL and LDL so if you have really high HDL with which a, a well balanced quote unquote clean not dirty not lazy ketogenic diet will provide to you your HDL is going to be higher which is going to increase your total cholesterol and like so which one is it is HDL good or or is total cholesterol bad like it makes no sense and so 
understanding that HDL needs to be higher, LDL can be lower, LDL particle size matters, so A versus B. Um, if your doctor is really concerned, um, you can ask for an NMR profile and it will go through what so particle sizes you have specifically in your LDL. Um, there's pattern A and B. B is the not so good guys, A is the fluffy big guys, you're totally cool. Um, but, but worrying about total cholesterol increase is total BS. And in fact, as we age, we want more cholesterol to lower our inflammation because cholesterol is the fire truck. Inflammation is the fire. And the more cholesterol we have, the better. Um, so it's really important to understand that total cholesterol increase is not necessarily a bad thing. I gave a great analogy in my first book, The Keto Diet, the orange covered one. And I can't remember it, but it was something about a birthday party and kids bringing in multiple presents and not being able to keep up. So if you have that book, look for the cholesterol section and read that. I can't remember how I worded it, but it was so brilliant. And I just, I loved that it came to me. I'll never forget. As I was like, oh my gosh, it's like a birthday party. Um, so read that if you do have the keto diet. That was my first book released in 2017. That's a really good read for cholesterol. Okay, next question um, is from God... Zeichel. Hey girl, I know we've chatted before, um, but I don't know how to say your Instagram name. Is flavored carbonated water such as bubbly good or bad? Okay. Some people react to bubbly or just like any carbonated water with acne. Um, I'm one of those people I've chatted with a couple people, um, over the years that have that reaction. I don't necessarily see it as good or bad. Um, I wouldn't drink all sparkly water and count it as your water intake. But generally speaking, I really like carbonated water when I like want a treat or like I'm a little bit snacky. I've really helped satiate that feeling. So if that's you and you're having like one a day or one every other day, I don't see anything bad with that at all. Okay. Last question has nothing to do with keto. I got a lot of questions around like, where is home now? Where are you living? Have you sold the boat? What, what's happening in your life? If you want to share it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not ready to share much about my life right now. We're just going through a transition, um, moving homes and just taking it one day at a time. So I really appreciate all of your um, questions and support and everything specifically on Instagram as things uh, move and shake in my life. Um, and I'm just so happy to be here in this capacity, being able to um, support you and serve you. And um, again, if you have questions that you want highlighted on the Keto Diet Podcast, um, you can reach me by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. You can also message me on Instagram I love hearing from all of you. You can find me on Instagram at Leanne Vogel. And I'm just so excited to have like great internet and be able to um, create wonderful things for all of you. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, next up on the podcast, uh, Sunday, October 18th, episode 275, Lauren Weiss and I are chatting about metabolic health weight, insulin issues, fatigue. Um, it's a good one for sure. And then Wednesday, October 21st, Priscilla Blevins is coming on the show and we're chatting about keto for PCOS and thyroid health. So watch for that. Thanks again for tuning in today. I can't wait to start off with these podcast videos next month. That'll be really fun. And yeah, hit me up on Instagram at Leanne Vogel and I will see you next week. <laughs> Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.